The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. We have Dr. Deepti um, Abram, and she's going to tell us more about what is happening um, at the hospital as well. Um, Dr. Deepti, good morning to you and a warm welcome. Also known as Dr. D. Good, good morning. Thank you so much for having me on your radio station. The pleasure is ours. Definitely the pleasure is ours. And happy to have you with us this morning as well. Would you please tell us, Thank um, you. do children get rheumatological conditions um, and is it common? Yes, it is absolutely um, common in children to get rheumatological conditions. I am a pediatric rheumatologist working at Tigerberg Hospital. And yes, we do see children every Tuesday and Wednesday at our clinics in Tigerberg Hospital. Children do get rheumatological conditions and they do get symptoms such as arthritis. A lot of people think um, arthritis and symptoms of rheumatological conditions only occur in the adult group or even in the um, elderly people, but no, it does occur in children as well. Okay, and when we speak about children, are there specific age groups you know that you would uh, that would be um, attacked or you know when when one looks at um, is it after one year? Is it after two years? Um, can it come at any time? Can it present itself at any time? It can present itself at any time, and we're looking at the age group between, you know, zero and 16 years of age. So there are some conditions that present even in the first year of life, but most of them usually tend to occur after age two, three. But yes, it can be expected, and therefore it's important to actually have an alert of the fact that rheumatological conditions are present in children. So how do these conditions present itself and how would parents know that, you know, something is not right? Right. So rheumatological conditions, remember, they tend to affect the connective tissue system. So this could be anything, you know, relating to the skin. It can be relating to the joints of the child. It can be related to the muscle of the child and even bone of the child. So any symptoms such as a joint that is swollen, tender, um, and tender meaning painful or even stiff in the morning especially. The child is unable to walk, the child finds it difficult to do it, you know, her or his daily activities in the morning. That can lead someone to think this must be a musculoskeletal, you know, problem. Or even skin rashes, you know, presence of fever and weight loss, especially lasting for more than four to six weeks in, you know, at a time. Um, patients tend to present with fatigue and sometimes even loss of weight as well. So there are varied kinds of symptoms that when put together might actually indicate that this is a rheumatological condition. So so important to be able to refer the child through to either the first 
line, which would be your general practitioner or family doctor, who would then decide whether the patient needs to be referred to a specialist. So in this case, the specialist would be a pediatric rheumatologist, okay. someone who looks after children's musculoskeletal system. Just a question. So, you know, when your five or six year old starts complaining about joints, the, you know, joint pains, um, you need to yes. look for inflammation because obviously you, you find that there, there might be growing pains as well. And th- is this common in children? Absolutely. Absolutely. Growing pains are common in children. So I'm very happy that you mentioned that. It is important to understand that musculoskeletal symptoms can present as a spectrum. So you've got the benign conditions that are quite mild in nature, and then you've got the very severe conditions that actually give disabilities and debilitating sort of disease. So growing pains are part of the mild benign spectrum, usually found in children before they become teens. It's usually present in the family, so the father or the mum had probably experienced growing pains when they were children themselves. It usually tends to occur after activity and therefore most of the pains are usually felt at night and it tends to be, you know, especially in the lower limbs, but in between the joints. So sometimes it's the calf muscle or it's, you know, the um, the, the sheens of the legs that are, you know, presenting with pain. But the children are usually consolable. So a bit of heat compression or a cold compression, a little bit of analgesia with panada or brufen, a little bit of massaging, all of that tends to console the child. And usually when they wake the next morning, the pains have gone. So symptoms such as a joint that is swollen, red, warm or is stiff, especially in the morning, would then be a red flag because that is not what joint pains are like when they're related to growing pains. Okay, you've mentioned mom and dad. So are we saying that, you know, it runs in the genetics? Um, if, if, like, if your mom and dad suffered with, uh, you know, any uh, rheumatoid arthritis rather, that, you know, as a child, you can also develop rheumatoid arthritis? Yes, so rheumatoid arthritis is something that we see in adults. There is a version that comes out in children called polyarticular juvenile idiopathic arthritis, especially if one of the antibodies RF or anti-CCP is positive. Mm -hmm. So that's what we would term early rheumatoid arthritis in the child. Now, juvenile idiopathic arthritis is one of the commonest chronic arthritis that's present in children. It usually presents before age 16, and the symptoms are usually present for more than six weeks. And the child usually presents with stiffness of the joints, especially early in the morning, after a period of night rest. The joint is usually swollen, can be warm to touch, and is usually quite painful when the child mobilizes themselves. And, you know, when they ask you about what are the risk factors for developing chronic arthritis, there's usually a lot of theories based on the environment, on a trigger by an infection, and obviously the genetic predisposition that you so correctly mentioned. So when you're giving your history to the general practitioner or to the medical officer, important to bring in this family history. Patients who've got psoriasis, for example, can have children who can develop psoriatic arthritis. Adults who present with ankylosing spondylitis, especially if one of their antibodies, HLA B27 is positive, 
positive. That can run in families. So a family history is very important to um, present when you're giving your history to the doctor. So any of these forms of arthritis, are they curable or just treatable? Yes. So most of the the arthritis and most of the rheumatological conditions can be um, treated symptomatically and can be controlled. So it's important to be in, you know, to work very closely and partner with your doctor or your pediatric rheumatologist who will follow you up quite regularly, will have blood taken from time to time, and obviously the medication is reviewed from time to time as well to see if the child is actually responding to treatment. And we live in such a beautiful era where there's so many options available for medical management. You know, in the 1980s and in the 70s, there were only analgesics that were available. You know, something like Bruce and Okanada, but that's not where we're living at this point in time. There's so many disease modifiers find drugs that are available. There's so many new medications called biologics that are available that actually target certain pathways. So um, very important to actually ask your doctor for more information and to find out what is available in the current context and setting. So would you say as a parent not to ignore when your child complains of joint pains? Absolutely. And, you know, some of the red flag alerts is, is a child who wakes up in the middle of night with severe joint pains. You know, the child who suddenly starts to limp. Um, a teacher who comes and says, but mummy, you know, I've noticed that the handwriting of the child has suddenly changed or has become very poor. It could just suggest that there is a risk or one of the joints in the small, you know, the small joints of the hands are actually affected. So, you know, small flags like that, or a child who is wonderfully dancing or playing sports suddenly tries to shy away from those things, or a child who is withdrawn and is constantly sleeping and very fatigued but was once very active. All of those things need to be red flag alerted. A child who's actually losing weight and not growing properly and has a joint that is affected or a sudden skin rash that doesn't look right, especially when they're exposed to the sun. One needs to think, might this be a connective tissue disease? Okay. Dr. just wondering now, um, can one control your diet as well? And if you present with any of the, uh, you know, symptoms that you've mentioned, is it important to still keep on being mobile and not to sit and, you know, just um, ponder over your, 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 your condition. Yes, you see, healthy lifestyle adoptions are very important. And just like any other chronic condition, it's important to have an, a holistic overview of your health. So apart from just pharmaceutical medication that you're actually taking, important to look at the diet that one has. So to bring in a balanced diet, to bring in, you know, um, anti-inflammatory foods in or immune modulatory foods, anything that will build up your immune system, very important. I've asked some of my patients to actually keep a food diary to actually look at, you know, any triggers that might be caused by certain foods. Now, remember, every child is an individual of their own. So it's important to keep a self-diary so that you can actually see what triggers your symptoms and what doesn't. And apart from diet, important to have a healthy um, lifestyle through exercise programs as well. A lot of the times in the past, a child was 
advised that if they had an inflamed joint, they had to keep it rested. But the advice now is no, you actually need to keep the joint active. And therefore, important to have good exercise regimens on board as part of their daily living. So does that, mean, does that mean physiotherapists are also involved here to give the children certain exercises to do as well? Yes, and you see we work very closely with our allied health sciences partners mm-hmm. who are the occupational therapists and the physiotherapists and they are so fantastic in giving the children routine exercises that they actually need to perform and we actually let them know which muscle groups they need to start exercising and remember when they're on chronic medication and from the you know disease perspective itself it's so important to maintain good bone strength and good muscle strength and to make sure that the core muscles are actually worked out so very important to maintain relations with the occupational therapist and with the physiotherapist who gives fantastic advice. Dr. Tebdi, apart from speaking to us this morning, are there any events happening to bring about more awareness within community and especially, you know, with your patients as well? Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad you've said that. We are actually conducting a very important event next week on Wednesday at the Tigerberg Hospital. It is going to be run on the third floor. It is the C3A Pediatric OPD, and we're going to have a seminar room in which lots of people are going to be coming in to talk about rheumatic conditions in children. It is called World Young Rheumatic Diseases Day. The acronym is WORD, W-O-R-D. It is an event that we are going to be conducting to create awareness. Awareness of the fact that there is rheumatic conditions present in children. And what we're trying to strive and drive for is early diagnosis and awareness to make early diagnosis possible. Early diagnosis means early interventions can be put into place. And therefore, the progression of disease is halted or slowed. And therefore, children don't then present with severe debilitating disabilities. This is what we're trying to prevent. And we're also trying to alert practitioners, including teachers, to actually look for red flag alerters. So we've asked the general public to come in. We're going to have people from the Department of Occupational Therapy, from the Department of Physio. We're going to be having experts coming and talking on conditions such as lupus, for example, which is a connective um, tissue disease that is found in children. We're going to be having social services there. We're going to have, you know, educators. The CEO of the hospital is going to be there. They're going to meet nursing staff from the pediatric room department they're going to meet me you know an example of a pediatric rheumatologist and I must use this opportunity to also say that there are fantastic pediatric rheumatologists present at Red Cross Hospital and at Huddersfield mm. Hospital and for the very first time patients and their families from Huddersfield and Red Cross will actually be joining us at Tigerberg Hospital for this wonderful event. Amazing. Just a question yeah. then, you know, with regard to this condition, does it, um, you know, is it equally um, spread with, uh, with girls and boys? Or is it more common in girls it, than in boys? 
Yes, it's common for both girls and boys. Mm. There are certain conditions that tend to occur more in girls, for example, lupus. But it can occur in males, and we've actually seen severe disease occurring in male children as well. I spoke earlier of, you know, um, HLA B27 positive emphasizes related arthritis. That is commonly seen more in boys. there are, you know, there is a condition called oligoarticular juvenile idiopathic arthritis that is commonly found in girls that are young, you know, from the age of two upwards till around, you know, seven, eight years of age. So they are varied conditions, but it is important to realize that it can affect both girls and boys. There are certain predispositions for one sex more than the other, but very important for the general physician to actually confirm what it is and who it is that has been affected. Dr. D, you've mentioned, you know, everybody that will be present at the event happening next Wednesday at Tiger Book Hospital. Is it open to the broader community as well or only to your patients? No, it's open to the community. So if there are families that know of children who have had arthritis, but they can't really understand what it is that these children are going through, or anyone that wants to know more about childhood arthritis and childhood rheumatologic conditions are welcome to come. There will be pamphlets available from the um, Arthritis Foundation of South Africa and also from Arthritis Kids South Africa. Anybody that has lupus, there's going to be an... Uh, a lupus foundation it's called andrea's gift that will be having personal interactions with the patients and their families and more importantly i've got kids who are going to be presenting posters i've got medical students who are going to be presenting posters and children who will be talking about their stories from their hearts about how they've been living like warriors with their rheumatological condition. Dr. D, um, any website that our listeners can visit to get some more information as well? Yes. So, you know, we're hoping that media press releases, there's going to be a press release through the weekend, August, you know, um, that will be releasing certain uh, details regarding the function. And there's been a few radio shows that have been talking about it. But I can say it once more again. It's Word Day. It's going to be happening on the um, 18th of March, which is Wednesday, from 9 a.m. till 3 p.m. at Tigerberg Hospital at the Pediatric OPD on the third floor. It's called Ward C3A. And the general public is welcome and the communities that want to know more about rheumatological cho- uh, you know, conditions in children are welcome to come and visit us. And it's an open day, so it's from 9 a.m. till 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Dr. Deeply, thanks so much for chatting to us this morning and for bringing more awareness on Radio Voice of the Cape as well. All the success until Wednesday and beyond. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Thank you so much You're for welcome. having me on your station. You're welcome. Thank Bye. You. All right. The Voice sure. of the Cape. 91.3 FM Stereo.